You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, me and Pat are going to discuss Zach and DeMar's ranking in the ESPN's top 50 player list. Also, should the Bulls be waiting on Lonzo Ball? We're going to talk about an article from Andy Bailey discussing just that. And lastly, Alex Caruso gets uh, votes for the best defender in the NBA. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. Uh, and today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Pat, we're going to jump right into the topics for today, man. ESPN has been releasing uh, everything but the top 10 as far as their player rankings coming into the 2023-24 season. Yeah. And, uh, hey, they are pretty down on Zach and DeMar, both of them basically dropping 10 spots from where they were last season. We have uh, DeMar coming in at 39th and Zach Levine right above him at 38th. Zach Levine last season ranked 27 and DeMar ranked 28th last season. How do you feel about these rankings? I think, I mean, listen, everybody drops their rankings, right? I think Bleach Report did this earlier in the offseason, and I, I say the same thing. Listen, you have to prove it to us, right? There was a lot of talk last season with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. They, oh, and, you know, we're going to figure this out. We're going to make this happen. I think the Lonzo Ball topic is a good one because Vucha talked about basically, you know, we were waiting for this news that Lonzo was coming back, and then when it didn't happen, we never gelled the way to – that shouldn't have stopped you. Shouldn't have stopped you from being able to go out there and do your job the right way. So I get why they dropped in the rankings right now. Do I think that talent-wise they're the 38th and 39th best player in the NBA? I think they might be a little bit higher than that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're top 15 in the league right now. Um, but I think that they're probably still in the 20s as far as talent-wise goes. But when you're talking about guys – who are going to put their teams in a spot to succeed. Um, I, I even like how they broke this down. I'll give ESPN credit on this. They, you know, a lot of times we see these articles and it'd be like, okay, why is there a rhyme or reason to why this guy failed as far as I think? I forget who, it wasn't Bleach Report. Somebody else dropped the top 100. And it was like, you dropped this guy because he was injured, but you didn't drop this guy because he wasn't, because he was injured. Like, Kawhi Leonard was still top 10. But anyway, uh, it said why he fell 11 spots. Levine was not himself at the start of last season after undergoing knee surgery and did not play with the same offensive punch for most of the first half, but he picked it up after the All-Star break, averaging 27-5 and 4 down the stretch to get the Bulls into the play-in tournament. I can't argue with any of that. That's yes. 100% facts. He was hurt. He did not play well. They added a couple of pieces. He started playing better after the All-Star break. 110% facts. I really thought they did a, uh, a, a good job breaking some of this list down. Some of these are still questionable. Like, I get it, right? Like, unless you said John Morant shot somebody in the kneecap, like, there's no way uh, he should be the, the go from the ninth best player to 35. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a wild drop. I mean, a player that's right above Zach in his ranking as well, Bradley Bill, went from 19th to 37th. How do you feel about that? I, you know, him and him and Zach being close to each other, I kind of yeah. understand that. But, like, do you think Bradley Bill's play 
basically needed him to drop tw- almost 20 spots? Well, I think this is about effect that you're going to have on the court, right? So yeah. his effect is dropped, right? Like, I'm not asking Bradley Beal to be the number one. I'm asking Bradley Beal to be the number three most nights. So, yeah, I, I think that I'm not going to lie to you. Personally, for me, I remember us questioning why the heck Bradley Beal was 10 spots ahead of Zach Levine. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like, yo, like, he should be closer to Zach. So yeah. I think it, it's still crazy to me that as a third option, they still have him above Zach Levine. But I think that, uh, you know, Bradley Beal's production is going to drop off precipitously coming into this season. Shout out to, to Pat with the 10-point word on that one. Shout out to you, my guy. He's I'll been be, doing you good over there, bro. I'll be I smart when we do this show at a regular <laughs> time instead of, like, midnight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, overall, like, this is this is a better I, – I say it's better than last year as far as if you read the actual blurbs and the explanations, it's much better than what it was last season. Last season, players were all up and down. Right. Sometimes they talked about a player having an injury. Another time, it's a player who we saw 10 games the previous season that still gets ranked pretty high. It seemed like there was a more concise decision-making as far as where players are going to sit on this list. Um, Again, when it comes down to the Bulls and Bulls, the doubt around the Chicago Bulls overall, I understand it. Like, do I agree with it all the times? No, but I do feel a lot of it is warranted with just the team's uh, performance over the last uh, year year plus or plus so I, I understand it to a degree I do think that if we do a ranking at the end of the season I hope that DeMar and Zach aren't ranked this low because I, if they have the seasons I think they can have coming in they're gonna they're gonna deserve to be ranked a little bit higher here's here's what I, I want to get your thoughts on these right because they they have kind of uh question marks on uh some of the things that are here right uh, says one huge question for his season. Talking about DeMar DeRozan here. DeRozan is entering the final season of his contract with the Bulls, although both he and the team have expressed interest in extension. However, if the Bulls do not have more success this season after missing the playoffs in 2022-23, will DeRozan's tenure continue? So for me, more success is if the Bulls finish yet again in 40 and 42 range. 41 and 41, 42 and 40, right? Right in that range. It's pretty much all the same record. Is DeMar a part of this team? And that that is actually a question that I tackled over on Central uh, yesterday, actually, is that I, I still think that DeMar can still be part of the team, and I do think that the Bulls still either way need to absolutely consider extending him. But it really comes down to what the price is at that point. Because if this team is another team that struggles to get to 40 wins, to me – you cannot give me any excuse to give him anything close to the max, unless it's the max for two years. Yep. And then he comes off the same time as Vooch. But I think that it really comes down to what the number per year ends up being for DeMar before I can complain. Because if you get DeMar on a reasonable, on a reasonable contract to where he's getting like 20, $22 million, which I actually think would be a pay cut for him. It's hard for me with the contracts that are being handed out now to, to, to be able to fight against that, no matter what it is. Yeah. It's, it's one, bro, listen, DeMar DeRozan, even if at the end of his career, will be making so much less than somebody's most. Bro, I started going through, Perhaps. like, percentages that people eat up of the cap. Bro, you got people out here eating 32% of your cap, bro. 35% That of your can't cap. go left. Bro, bro, listen. 
They can't go. You know what? You can talk all day about DeMar operating primarily in the mid-range, but you know what? DeMar can go left, right. It doesn't matter. He's going to he's gonna get to his spot. I just, I just think it's so funny to me because I really believe that the model that the Bulls are doing in the long run is going to be a better model for the team or for teams in the future. And I think it's a model mm -hmm. that teams are going to take. I'm not saying that they're going to end up winning championships and all that from it, but like, Bro, when you realistically look at it, if you have one player taking up 33% of your cap, you have to build the other 70% of your team. Off, exactly. And you no, got, no, you, my bad. You have to build the other 98% of your team off of 70% of a salary cap. And you have, and then at that point, you have to make sure that everything fits together. And with especially if you're also trying to avoid the section, the second tax apron. If you're a team that doesn't care, that's just gonna spend money, they're probably gonna be good regardless. Unless you are winning titles, hey, it's going to be so interesting to see how. I, I, I don't even think teams that are winning titles are going to want to be in the second apron, bro. Like the second apron sounds cute now because nobody's getting hit by it. True. We're willing, Nobody, we're willing yeah. to attack it. Hey, let that first owner get hit by that second apron. They gonna put the call. Hey, y'all, y'all heard about uh, this apron, bro? This is, <laughs> I'm broke. I'm hey, broke. Dog. The <laughs> only way that I can see, like, if you're if you're like two titles in. And in that third year, going for a three-peat, it's like, hey, we finna hit that second apron. I can see owner then being like, all right, bet. Don't worry about it. Let's get this third title. We'll worry about it after that. Bro, listen, but, listen, that, I, we may never see, I, I need y'all to understand how serious the second apron is, right? We may never see dynasties like we've seen them again. Well, because of how so much it's going to cost to keep them together. There's an interesting graphic. So there was a graphic that went by, and I wish I would have saved it, of teams that would have been in the second apron according to, like, of course, you know, not the exact number because yeah. the percentages are different of the cap, but, like, had that, um, had the, you know, the, the second apron been a thing for that year, and it was really, like, three teams. Like, the, so... Teams like the second apron isn't as serious as what like it's not you, you have to do tons of work to hit that second apron. Now, with that said, when you get contracts that are going upwards of sixty million dollars per year, it's a lot that makes work. It a little yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like the second apron isn't a uh uh I paid you six hundred million over six years type of thing. It's like you make sixty this year, he makes sixty this year, he may and the thing is if you have a team that's going to be, right, like, say Phoenix keeps winning, right? That team's young enough to keep winning for a while, right? You're going to have three dudes. You already have three dudes that make a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, man. That's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch, man. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in the future. But next up, we're going to be discussing Andy Bailey's article asking if the Chicago Bulls should even be waiting on Lonzo Ball to return or if they should go ahead and look to move his contract by any means necessary is basically what the article laid out. We'll talk about that next. Before we get into that, I got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you aren't just hoping that you have access to emergency med medication, uh, but you uh, you have access, you have it in hand. I, I don't know why that, that tripped me up so bro, bad. You've Jace been Medical struggling, bro. They've been, these yeah. reads been kicking your butt. Hey, bro, kicking my butt lately. <laughs> they handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care so you don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com.
All right, Pat. So Andy Bailey had an article, and basically the the the, the thesis of the article was basically asking, should the Chicago Bulls even be waiting on Lonzo Ball to return? And he, he presents an interesting case. Not saying I agree, but I do understand a lot of the facts that he presented. Saying that, hey, Lonzo Ball has one year left on his contract by the time he comes back, right? Just to, he has an option for 2023-24. And even then, you're, you're betting on him being able to come back and at least get right back to at least 75 to 80% of himself. That's yeah. highly unlikely for a player that would be missing out at that point two and a half years um, of playing basketball and, you know, a $21 million contract. And basically he just said that it seems like the Bulls are really content on waiting and allowing Lonzo Ball to try to make a comeback with the Bulls. But you have to ask yourself, is that financially the best decision for the Bulls? What do you think, Pat? No. Um, there's, there's, there's no part of it that's the best decision. It's not, yeah. right? But it's also, yeah. I understand who my GM is and who my president of basketball operations are is, Big right? Fan. Like, I, I watched him do it. I watched him wait on a guy to come back for two and a half years. I, I they won a championship. Like you're not gonna. Here's the one thing the the part that always sticks out for me. Right when Mike uh, D'Antoni came back to the NBA, he said what what made him want to come back was he saw somebody else win with his model. Mm-hmm. AK saw somebody else win with his model. In fact, they saw somebody else win with all the pieces that he put in place to be there. So why wouldn't I think that AK is going to wait out Lonzo Ball? Like, do I think that it's the smart decision? No. Like, I I, I think that you should have taken the, the, the logical money decision, take the mm-hmm. player, uh, the career-ending uh, exception. exception. You get out from under the money. Yes, you pay Lonzo out. Yes, blah, blah, blah. All of the, all of the things that go with it. But you get an opportunity to open up that roster spot. You can bring somebody in. You can you can do things this offseason. You end up finding a couple of point guards. Maybe you keep another young player around, right? Maybe instead of, you know, sending Unerlop down for a certain amount of games, you keep him on the roster full-time and sign him to a full guy. All of that stuff that comes into play with all of that, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of the logical thing that the Bulls should have done. Now, I, now you, you go to the Jamal Murray comparison a lot and i want to point out some differences in it because i think we've never really talked about it jamal murray never missed as much time as lonzo ball the only time jamal murray missed a full season was 2021-22 season yeah other than that he was still able to get you almost 50 games even when he was playing and he was under contract already locked into a multi-year contract at that time so there is a little bit of difference in it i do see what you're saying though in that you waited for him to get healthy even with acl injuries and that injury is a lot different as well but so when you look at the differences between that though does that change your your opinion on it at all because there are differences in in the situations if i'm not mistaken right didn't he miss the beginning of the 2020 season uh, due to injury that happened at the end of the 2019 season and then he missed out the 20 end of the 21 season, season second half and then the full, the then full, the full 22, 22 season right season. so you lost a lot of time with him you basically yeah. lost two years of this guy's career i mean years but there wise, was hope right, for a comeback four. they didn't know he was going to tear his acl AC, again, so. acl is acl yeah. is a very different injury right but yeah. i just i think the thing is right if you have a player that tears his acl two times mm-hmm. you move on from that player more times than not right like you usually it's like okay the second acl tears like all right bro I can't count on you to be here because your knees are having issues, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Listen, Jamal Murray still missed time last season. 
he still was kind of yeah. I, mean, I think he played sixty-two games, games sixty-five season. games last yeah. season. He still was in and out of lineup at times early on in the season as well. So like, there's still that like, oh, this guy's not there all the time. But like when he was there, he was elite. So I think that's kind of the reason. And you can't offensively compare him, but I think the thing is right. Like when you have that player that has an injury like that or an injury that keeps him out a long time, and then you kind of have to do the management thing where he's sitting and staying. A lot of times GMs want to go away from that guy. AK and and the Denver Nuggets, right? AK end up leaving, but the Denver Nuggets have shown a very loyal streak in them where, yes, you have an injury, get through the injury, we'll see you back here. I mean, to the point where Justin Lewis, most teams would have cut Justin Lewis. Yeah, because there's no risk in cutting him. There's no risk in cutting him, right? You brought him in, he tore his ACL in training camp, and before training camp. No, training camp, well, right? He tore his ACL in training Technically, camp. we did cut him, though. We did, but it, it was like a cut and then keep around, right? Yeah. What, like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, we Javante greened him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, is Javante on the bench? I haven't looked. Has anybody seen Javante? <laughs> he's, not, he's not. He legally not allowed to be on the bench unless he's under contract. <laughs> they, so. they just they just bought he's him a ticket in a box right somewhere. behind He's probably they in bought, a box. With bro, they, they, they bought him a ticket right behind the bench. He's sitting in the seats that we have, bro. Like, he's right there, bro. <laughs> But no, I just, I just look at, the, I look at both of those situations. I see the loyalty that AK has when guys yeah. deal with injury. It's probably because AK was a player. Like there, there is that loyal side when you have, you know, players being the GMs and presidents of teams. But for me, uh, I think both of us would agree that logically it makes more sense to move on from them. Financially, it makes more sense to move on from them. But that's not what the Bulls are going to do. Yeah, I think I look at I look at it like this, and this is how I, I framed it when I talked about it over in Central, is that unless there's a deal and a team in place that a team is saying, hey, we got a star, we need to move, uh, we're willing to take on a dead contract because we really don't care. And that's kind of what they said in the yeah. article, right? A team that's more concerned about ping pong balls than wins. If that happens, right, and it's a player that drastically ups the ceiling of your team. For example, I know it didn't match the contracts don't match, but I'm just saying, theoretically, if, let's say Drew Holiday's contract Match Lonzo's just one for one. Yep. And the Portland Trailblazers were basically saying, hey, you send us Lonzo's contract because we don't care. You send us a future first round pick. Uh, we're, we're willing to, to say it's what top three protected just in case you guys absolutely suck. Yeah, At that yeah. point in time, I'm saying you'd be stupid not to do that deal. 100%. But see, I think that's even the thing, right? Like, and I don't know whether they did or not, but did you guys make that call on Drew? Did well, you guys... the Drew thing, that wasn't a, a good, because it would have taken Lonzo and Cruz. It would have taken more, example. right? It yeah. would have taken more, but I think that is the call that you, that those are the calls that you talk about, yeah. right? Somebody who's 20 million, like, are you making those calls? Because listen, there's plenty of teams in the NBA right now who definitely just want to move on and get the money out of the way. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of teams that you, like, I don't believe that, AK can't move this contract. Yeah, it's just in the right situation and scenario. I think if if AK wanted to just move Lonzo Ball's contract, he could have got it done. Now, it, yeah. it may have taken future draft capital and things like that. At that point, you got to start uh, risking the or weighing the risk versus reward. But I think that's something like if he just wanted to move it just to move it to get it off, it, it would have been done already. Yeah. And so I, I think that is that that tells you, you know, kind of where he feels he's at right now. Like, I mean, if we just wanted bodies, we probably could have traded it to the Pistons. This is true, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of bodies that you can just throw out there, right? Like, could have traded it to the Spurs because they were trying to get ping pong balls out of it. Could have probably traded to the Rockets and got a young player or something like that back. Like, th there's bodies that you can send out 
if you just want somebody that's going to be on the floor. But I think the Bulls really are content waiting on Lonzo to come back and waiting on to see if he is going to have that Jamal Murray bounce back. I don't, yeah. I don't know if he is, right? Like, I think Lonzo, here's the thing. Lonzo has more of a chance to bounce back if he can get himself back to the point where he's running at, at an NBA level because it, his IQ is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, too, though, is that I, it's easy to say that, though. But, like, even when you look at Lonzo's probably elite ability is defense, right? But yeah. you need you need to be able to cut. You need to be able to move laterally. You need to be able to do a lot of that. And that's a lot of load on the knees to be able to do that. So while the mental part of Lonzo's game is never going to go away, almost everything Lonzo does that makes him Lonzo, yeah. you do need a, a strong knee to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Well, for him, hopefully, it's somebody else's strong knee. You know no, what well, I mean? It, no, it's hey, going to be somebody else's knee regardless. <laughs> he has somebody dead cartilage in his knee. That's I said, crazy, hopefully, bro. it's strong, bro. I said, hopefully, it's strong, bro. You got to watch <laughs> Jamaican out Jamaican knees out here, bro. Hey, Jamaican knees, bro. I'm telling you right now, bro. Like, <laughs> I said that, bro. I said that on the breeze, bro. I said you think the doctor was like, hey, you want anything else off this? No, bro, that we was close here. Up, bro? That was, was that here? Did I say that here? We talked about designer knee cartilage. Bro, you want anything else off of him, bro? We can sit, give you the cap. We can give you, you know, he got good ankles as well. You need ankles? You need ankles while we got him open? You know what, I mean? what else do you need, bro? How's your wrist? How's your, we know you've had some back issues. You need a you need a spine? Bro, it's not, read it. Do the damn man, read, bro. <laughs> Hey, yo, slap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, last topic of the day, Pat. Something that shouldn't be a big surprise to anybody who actually watches it. But while the Bulls didn't get a lot of votes for anything in, in the GM survey, last year we even had Chris Fleming get voted as one of the best assistants that, that could become a head coach, not even appearing on that list this year. But we did get Alice Caruso getting votes for the best defender in the NBA. And then he also got votes for the best perimeter defender in the NBA, which I mean, that goes kind of hand in hand, but he got 10% of the vote for the best perimeter. Um, and then he got 5% of the vote for best overall defender in the NBA. How you feeling? I mean, listen, it's like I said before, he's, he's probably the best guard defender in the league. You put I him above Drew. Yes. Okay. Cause Drew holiday, uh, got, 109 points put on his head top. In two Bro, you, games. you kill me saying people can't because of one game. Like, like, yeah, no, that was, no, that was two games. I mean, that was series. two games. But yeah, but still, that, that doesn't was two stop him from being a great, a great defender. Bro. I didn't say like, he every wasn't defender's got I, I, I ain't say he wasn't a great defender, but Jimmy Butler ain't dropping on him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we played Jimmy. What did Jimmy do that game? Jimmy didn't cook that game, did he? What did he do that? that uh, no, he didn't do that one play thing. Game. I think it was 13 points. Oh, you're talking about the playing game. I thought you were talking about the game we went to. Oh, I, uh, no, he, we, he definitely didn't do nothing that game. Yeah. He was getting clamped that game. I don't even know if AC was playing that game, though. But, no, it's it's uh, realistically speaking, I, I would put him above Drew because I've watched him switch on to Giannis, and I was like, well, this is about to be a cook show. 
And then Giannis didn't didn't do what I thought he was going to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he had a regular game. Uh, I, I've watched him be uh, the guy who can be the point of attack defender. I've watched him be the guy that can be the roll defender on the pick and roll. I've watched him. I, I've watched him be the mo- one of the most versatile defenders in the NBA. A Jimmy Butler esque defender. Yeah. If we being hundred percent honest, so uh, it doesn't surprise me that Caruso's on this list in the slightest. Uh, I think that he is probably a top 10 defender in the NBA as a whole. So as far as the best defenders in the NBA, uh, the Giannis got best defender in the NBA. He got 40% of the vote. Drew Holiday was next with him. Draymond Green still getting 10% of the vote. I like that. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, all above Alex Cruz. So as far as best defenders in the NBA, but he's still (sighs) ranked in the top 10. Jaron Jackson is tough for me because I Jaron Jackson is a good defender, but Jaron Jackson a hack. Atlas Caruso can get the job done without averaging four plus fouls a game. Did Jaron Jackson Jr. average four fouls per I game? I think if I if I'm not mistaken, I think Jaren, maybe that was Team USA and Team USA he definitely did. But I think last season Jaron Jackson averaged like three point eight fouls a game. That is a lot of fouls. Uh, and and if I'm not mistaken, Jaron Jackson for a career only plays 27 minutes a game because of how much he fouls. And he averages 3.7. for his career. He averaged 3.6 last year. Second year, he averaged 4.1. That was the year he did. That's crazy. That is a lot of fouls. That's a lot of fouls for you. I I get it, right? What is he, two and a half, three blocks a game? He was three blocks a game last season, right? Elite defender. But he's three blocks a game and four smacks to the face a game. (laughs) So can I really put him above AC? And yes. I can't. Yeah, yeah I can't. No, yeah, three, I was about to say, hey, yes. hey, look, hey, he three blocks a game and one steal a game. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the lead defender. He's the lead defender, bro. He's the lead defender. <laughs> In 28 minutes, bro. Like, like here's the thing. He fouls out so quickly. <laughs> but he's funny. so efficient when he's on the floor. <laughs> Who leads the league in foul outs per... Shout, and oh, by the way, shout out to Dylan Brooks for getting be ejected him. nine minutes into a preseason game, which they is They was crazy. wilding on that one. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They were. I agree that was his, his reputation Dylan. catching up with him. Yeah, I agree with yeah. his Dylan the villain you dig on that one. That was wild that they threw him out in that game. Uh, Jerry Jackson got to be number one, bro. He fouls out a lot. I don't know. I, I'm not finna look it up either. I'm just gonna take your word for it. That wasn't one of those things where I'm like, I'm finna look it up. I don't care. <laughs> like, bro, it's a lot of fives on this list, bro. It's a lot of fives crazy. and a lot. Actually, uh, let's see. No, one, I see a lot of fives. Two, only two sixes. I see three sixes. But so, the prop, the problem with Jaron is right. He get like, remember he played the Bulls. He had four in the first half. Yeah, and they yeah. was just like. We'll see you in the fourth. Like, <laughs> what you want us to do? Yeah, but yeah, man. Shout out to AC for getting those votes, man. Pat, you got anything <laughs> left before we get up out of here, brother? <laughs> Just the fact that you can absolutely tell the games where Jan Jackson get all the fouls early. It's like oh, 29 yeah, minutes, sure. 30 minutes, 21 minutes. God dang, brother. Yeah. Like, like, when you have to sit somebody whole quarters because they in foul trouble early in the game, <laughs> Hey, listen, that's tough, bro. That's bro. He got like he's got like three games a month. He had twenty one minutes a game, bro. He had four months of the season where he averaged four fouls per game. Bro. That's crazy, bro. bro. Bro, I'm telling y'all, bro. I'm not making this up. Bro. That's wild. He's gonna be beating the heck out of people, bro. <laughs> he's a hack, bro. It's impressive what he can do 
in the limited time that he gets on the court, but his time is limited because of him. Like, you know, that's one thing I always appreciate about Joe, right? Just to, to, to before we leave, Joe Kim Noah guarded. He switched on guards, forwards, and yeah. centers his whole career. And I probably only can remember about a handful of games where Joe Kim Noah was in foul trouble early. Yeah, I mean, Joe's, you know what? You, you want to know why? Because he got ejected from all of them. If Joe, no, Joe hey, didn't start having ejection problems to like his last two, three years. Hey, hey, nah, him, if, Joe, if, Joe got four, if Joe got three fouls in the first half, he wasn't playing the second. <laughs> <laughs> that third foul, he was on the ref's head tops, bro. <laughs> That's, funny. That's hilarious, man. Let's go oh, on and get up out of here. Let's get up out of here, bro. Uh, follow us on everything at Locked Up Boys. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate y'all for showing love. You can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. Want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls. Make sure you guys leave those five star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. It definitely helps the podcast grow. Before Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked On Bulls, man. We out here. Peace, y'all. Peace.